Welcome, welcome, welcome to In The Loop, Lupus Live with Lupus and Color with another wonderful story from a lupus warrior. From my understanding, this is the first time she's speaking about her lupus diagnosis on live. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear from her. We're going to be speaking with lupus warrior Ebony Ford of the Miracle Mama, and she's going to give us some great nuggets and she's going to let us know her story. And I see that Ebony is here. I just want to let everybody know that we are streaming on Facebook. We are streaming on YouTube and we have our trusty little phone over here streaming the back portion of it to Instagram so that everybody can have an opportunity to hear her story. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Ebony up and then we're going to start talking a little bit. Okay. Hi, Ebony. Hi. How are you? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I am fantastic. I'm so excited to see you and, and get to hear your story. It's amazing. Likewise, likewise. I love it. I love it. So let's start by saying who you are and and what's going on with you. Okay, so my name is Ebony Ford. I reside in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm a wife of almost 10 years. Um, I'm a mom of a little one pound, 15 ounce miracle named Rain Victoria, which is where my Instagram name and She Shall Rain comes from. Her journey is also how I became known as the Miracle Mama and some other miracles along the way that we'll talk about. Awesome. Awesome. I, I love your, I always see your name and I'm like, I love the name and, and she shall reign. I just love it. And we're going to get into how you got to that name in a minute. But why don't you tell us, when did you get diagnosed with lupus and what led up to that diagnosis? Sure. So 2013, um, it was about February or March of February 3rd of, um, I'm sorry, of 2013. Um, I was pregnant at the time and I kept having fevers and rashes and terrible joint pain that were sending, it was sending me to the emergency room like every week. It was just unbearable. Nothing I did would resolve it. And after going so many times, there was an ER doctor who just finally sat down and asked for a total and complete history. He's like, tell me everything that's been going on with you for the past few years. And it started some years prior with heart issues. Um, I kept having issues with my heart racing. Um, and then my rhythm would just suddenly plummet. It would cause me to pass out. I've passed out on subways. I've passed out at work. Um, you know, just not the best situation. And I could never really get answers. They put me on a ton of medicines right. that really just lowered my heart rate to a dangerous rate causing me to also pass out so i couldn't really win i went through multiple cardiac ablations and was still having this issue they just could not find it i then started having issues with um, my white blood cell count i started having um, kidney issues i noticed things were happening with my skin and then came these high fevers Um, also had gastric issues they diagnosed me with crohn's disease Um, but I always felt like it just never fit the bill. I always felt like something just was not right. Like, I don't believe I have a heart condition and Crohn's. I always felt like there was a missing piece and it took 2013 for that to happen. And, um, I always say that I think that pregnancy, if nothing else was really um, a blessing in disguise, although it ended in loss, it was a blessing because most people know lupus goes into remission during pregnancy it took that for it to come out. Um, otherwise, mm. I don't know if I would have ever gotten the diagnosis. Wow. So heart wow. issues, you know, stomach issues, 
all of that stuff on tons. I think I was on like five different heart meds at once, right. all these stomach medicines and really feeling no better, suffering side effects from all of them. And I was only 25 at the time uh, that I got diagnosed Ooh. and was feeling terrible. No, actually I just turned 26 um, and was just, just newly married, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to start things off like this what is going on with me so um that doctor in the emergency room after getting that he said look i'm going to take some tests they're not going to come back tonight it's probably going to be a few days he uh-huh. said i'm, I'm going to warn you you're probably going to get a bill for this because this is not an emergency medicine protocol however i want to do this for you because i don't feel like you're you're getting what you need from primary or you know cardiology or GI. Little known to me, he actually ran um, the ANA test, wow. uh, which many of us know about. Um, right. He ran some other things like rheumatoid factor, and it came back that my rheumatoid factor was about five times what he said it should have been um, wow. for a healthy normal person. Um, ANA was positive. All of these things, along with this rash that I had developed. Mm-hmm. I came soon came to know it was a butterfly rash right. um, that would develop every time I would get a fever uh, or my joints would like swell and mm-hmm. they'd be painful, hot to the touch. Turned out, you know, um, he came back and said, I'm pretty sure you right. have something called uh, lupus. He said, I don't know which kind, but I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say, you probably have SLE, which mm-hmm. is the systemic lupus. He said, right. so I'm going to send you to a rheumatologist let them do what they need to do and literally they looked at it and was like mm, yeah it seems positive but let's let's go ahead and do some more tests right and you know right. for many people lupus is a diagnosis of exclusion for a lot of people yeah and yeah. um after running so many other things he said yeah i'm pretty sure you have lupus and mm-hmm. i would not be surprised if there's some rheumatoid arthritis in there from the level of damage that you have to your joint so that's how my story basically began with lupus. I mean, you were still very young. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you were starting your life with a new husband and that, that had to be so heavy on you. And not even just because you were finally diagnosed, but you had a, a loss of, of life from that. Mm-hmm. And even though it was something that was very traumatic, you can see the blessing inside of it because you did get the lupus diagnosis and that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, that is the rainbow for me in yeah. it all is that I finally found out what was going on. But right. the diagnosis is, I tell people, it's, I don't even want to say half the battle. It might be a quarter of the battle. Right. Now I know what to name it. Now, how do we treat it? How do we right. repair the damage? How do we prevent future damage? Right. I came to find that that would be the ongoing battle. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you were first diagnosed, like we said, it was traumatic. But what was your thoughts? Did you know anything about lupus? Did you, had you heard about lupus? Does anybody in your family have lupus? So I heard about it. I didn't know anybody in my family who had it. I did know that there was a lot of um, early onset, like arthritis, Mm-hmm. Things that people never took the time to, you know, get further investigated. Oh, my back just hurts. My knee just hurts. Um, I did later find out that further in the bloodline, there were some people who were actually diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. But um, my first thought was like, lupus, okay. Hmm. Let me just look this up. Let me let me really dive into this and see what this is. And right. 
uh it was scary when i first you know, i know right it was like, like uh there's all these images of people with like deformed you know joints right. like, god i'm only 26 what in the world and at that time the rashes were getting terrible they were covering my neck and my face and mm-hmm. um i was a um hairstylist and makeup artist at the time so wow. i was doing my best to cover it you know but my skin was just getting worse and worse and i'm like okay i need to figure out what else is going on with this? What else do I need to look for? So although scared, I was intrigued by this diagnosis and, you know, just wanted to do my due diligence and find out everything that I could. Yeah. And find out everything for yourself and then find out how your body is going to react to having this Mm -hmm. was all coming down at you at one time. Yeah. Now I'm assuming that this was your husband saying, Hey baby, Yes, that's right. <laughs> I love it. I love the support. I love it. I love it. I love it. So you have lupus. Um, did they still keep the um, RA? Yes. For you? So you have lupus, mm-hmm. RA. What else do you have? That is it. That Thank is more than enough. Thank you. Uh, but it, it has caused some other issues um, along the way. Um, and let's, let's get into that because I know that you're the founder of the Miracle Mama. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what the Miracle Mama is about and how you came to create that organization and how it it works with you and your body and with lupus and everything else that's going on. Sure. So in 2017, um, after having several pregnancy losses, even after the one that I told you about, uh, my husband and I, you know, we just, we were 30 at the time and, you know, we were just living our life, enjoying our marriage. We were celebrate five years of marriage. And uh, shortly before our anniversary, we found out we were pregnant. So we're like, okay. And I prayed a very specific prayer um, after suffering those losses. And it was just simply, Lord, do not let me get pregnant. If I am not going to leave labor and delivery with a live, breathing baby to take home. Because my heart can't take it. Right. My mind can't take it. So don't. So, you know, it had been years um, that, you know, although not preventing, we had not gotten pregnant. So we found out we were pregnant. I felt confident. I was like, okay, this is probably it. Pregnancy went on without a hitch. I felt great. I felt amazing. My lupus was absolutely in remission. Um, At 25 weeks, I went into my doctor and because I had lupus, because of the previous losses, um, they kept a very, very close eye on me. Um, They ran all kinds of a whole battery of tests, every single appointment just to keep a close eye and make sure everything was going okay. Blood pressure was great. Kidneys were doing great. Everything was great. And um, my 25th week appointment, right before the appointment, I noticed my feet were swelling a little bit. So I was ready to bring that up to my doctor. What we went in, turns out my doctor had an emergency C-section. So I had to see a partner. And uh, my husband and I went in and I explained, hey, you know, I have this swelling in my feet. Uh, he was really dismissive about that. He was more interested in talking about the previous losses and he was just mm. so intrigued that, you know, right. we decided to keep trying and that was really that. So at the end of the appointment, um, I was due to take a trip with my husband. My husband is a uh, gospel recording artist and there okay. is an award show called the Stellar Awards that happens yeah. every year. Okay. And uh, we were due to perform that weekend in Las Vegas. And I asked, you know, is it okay for me to fly? This is the last time I'm going to fly in my pregnancy. Is it okay? They gave me the the clearance. He just told me some things to do. 
And I said, okay, all right, fine. They had me on baby aspirin. He told me to double it up. That's a measure to help prevent preeclampsia. And um, I went on the trip. And while on the trip, the first day, um, I felt fine. Everything was great. Second day, I noticed my hands and my feet were swelling uh, drastically. Mm. Um, and then, like, the third day, I noticed that I was really out of breath. I couldn't take more than, like, four or five steps without being out of breath. I had wow. to sleep sitting up, and I knew something was very wrong. We were wow. staying about maybe a block or two from an emergency room. And while we were going to our different places, I kept saying, like, in my head, like, I probably need to go to the emergency room because I can't breathe and this is weird or is this just pregnancy? Is this just what I need to expect right, going right. forward? And something in my gut just said, do not go to the emergency room, but yes, something is wrong. So I reached out to my doctor, I sent a note and just said, hey, this is what's going on with me. I'm in Las Vegas. And she just said, hurry up and get back. I'm here. I'm on call the whole weekend. When you get in, just let them know. Um, right. You know, I'm here, whatever. Call me, page me. So we returned back to Washington, D.C., and um, upon getting, touching down, I realized I started having visual disturbances. My vision was like gray. It was almost like I had on sunglasses. Wow. My feet were so swollen that while in Las Vegas, we had to go to Walmart and buy me some size 11 shoes. And I wore a eight and a half, nine at the time. Wow. Just to have something to put my feet in. I had to get around on the little mobile cart. It, it, was, it was progressing really, really fast. So um, I got to... I got there and found that my blood pressure was 262 over 154. Are you kidding me? Which is why I had the visual disturbances. I was swelling and I was out of breath. Um, Within the first hour or so, they realized, okay, you probably have preeclampsia. Your blood pressure's up. You're swelling. There's protein in your urine. We're waiting for some other tests to come back. You're probably going to end up staying here um, in the hospital until you have your baby. Uh, we could probably keep you pregnant, manage your preeclampsia. So my husband and I were like, okay, not what we wanted, but we said, full, you know, fine, whatever. I was right. 26 weeks. I said, okay, six weeks up, six more weeks of this, you know, they can keep me pregnant till 32 weeks. I think I can do that in the hospital. Right. The moment we got ready to call our family and share, they came back in the room with additional doctors and said, hey, the rest of your blood work and things have come back. I'm so sorry, but you're going to have to have your baby today. Wow. I was 26 weeks pregnant. Wow. I had no idea what a 26-weeker baby looked like. Right. I knew and I heard that 24 weeks was about the time they would start trying to, you know, save smaller babies. But I had no idea what this would look like for me. Hmm. And they began running down the list as they were rushing me upstairs, get ready to do this emergency C-section. They explained to me that because of how sick I was that they would need to put me on basically life support, intubate me, sedate me, and do this emergency C-section, mm. that I would be in the ICU for a minimum of 24 hours. Could cool. be longer, um, depending on how my body reacted, but my systems were failing. My liver mm. enzymes were seven times the normal amount. I was a complete liver failure, which explained a lot of the sickness and things yeah. I was experiencing. My kidneys had shut down, which explained the 30-pound uh, gain Dang, that I yeah. experienced in a matter of three to four days, um, which eventually got drained off through dialysis. Um, so they're telling me all of this stuff right. and they're rushing me into this C-section. And I never once mm-hmm. thought my baby's not going to survive. I never had that thought. Okay. I thought I wasn't going to get mm. And I was sure I wasn't going to make it. I began, mm. you know how people say my life flashed before my eyes. Right, right. Thing. I literally started replaying 
all these different circumstances and wondering, did I do my best? Um, you know, did I say I'm sorry? Did I forgive oh, them? Right. Playing all that stuff in my mind. Who's going to help him raise my daughter? Who's right. going to, you know, what, what can I do? And Ooh. I literally just began just asking God to like, forgive me for everything I ever said, yeah. did, didn't do and should have done. Right. Um, right. All of that. And just asking God to please protect my baby and my husband after I leave. Wow. Because I was that convinced. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. Um, and not being able to breathe has a feeling of doom to it by itself. Right. Um, I think everything that was going on in my body gave me this crazy adrenaline rush. And I just felt like, oh, God, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm leaving here. There was an amazing nurse um, who the whole time they were prepping me for the C-section before they knocked me out. She was talking in my ear. She was praying in my ear. She was talking to me, like keeping me calm. And I just remember looking at my doctor. My doctor said, okay, we'll get ready to do this. That was it. I mm. opened my eyes, what I now know to be um, the very next day, um, well over, uh, let me see, I had her at 6.53. It was about 12 noon, so okay. about 18 hours. Yeah. Um, I woke up, and I was able to look at the clock in front of me, and I'm looking around, and nobody's in the room, and I'm like, Okay, maybe I didn't die. Right. Um, and I kind of <laughs> chuckled to myself. And when I laughed is when I realized I still had a tube in my throat. I went to like reach to get like a nurse's button to tell somebody I'm awake and realized my hands and my legs were tied to the bed. Wow. Um, and that's a precaution they take, you know, Absolutely. when you're intubated if you try to fight and pull out the tube Absolutely. and all that. But at the time, I didn't know that and I didn't care. Um, yeah. I was freaking out. So they came in and basically explained everything that happened to me um, while on complete life support. Mm -hmm. um, they basically did all of the precautions to make sure I could get a liver transplant if I needed it right. uh, because the medicines were not working. Thankfully, the dialysis helped my kidneys a ton. They removed about 30 pounds of fluid, they said, um, and were able Good. to jumpstart my kidneys again. I have right. pictures. Um, I have a lot of them on my Insta, completely unrecognizable. Um, my yes. face was completely bloated, swollen, my neck. Sure, I'm sure. Um, and that got worse after. I didn't realize how bad I looked until I looked back on the videos right before the C-section. I'm like, I really did not look like myself. Um, so we Well, you weren't yourself. Me. Not with all that illness coming on to you. You really weren't yourself. I wasn't. I really wasn't. Um, so my husband was eventually um, allowed to come in and he'd explained that we had this baby girl and he gave me her weight in grams and I was like what does that mean so we googled it and I found out that I had a one pound 15 ounce baby wow something wow. I had only heard of in passing right. that a baby that small could survive and while we were um this goes to kind of answer one of the questions you had for me um right. while we were going through infertility there was a scripture um, it is 2 Timothy 2 and 12, and it goes on to say that if you suffer with him, mm. you will reign with him. Mm. And mm. we had already decided that our daughter's name was going to be Rain Victoria. I had no idea wow. what was in front of us. Wow. That this one pound, 15 ounce baby was literally going to have to reign if she was going to survive this Nikki journey. And that began a three-month journey of with her in the NICU. Um, me, I ended up coming out of the ICU a bit later that day. Um, they took me over to regular labor and delivery, although my blood pressure was still high. My kidneys and my um, 
my liver had kind of regulated enough right. that they could treat me in labor and delivery. I got down there and then I got to meet my baby for the first time and um, mm. our journey began. And that is uh, one of the moments I tell people that you literally have to trust your intuition. I had all these other really cute names picked out. But, I'm sure, you know, they had the little, you know, what's the nickname and all this stuff. But so many names picked out. Right, we right. knew we wanted to have her dad's initials, as you see my husband on the screen. It's RBF. Yeah. Um, but we couldn't have picked a better name. Yeah. I tell people all the time, God himself yes. named my daughter. Absolutely. Because literally, not only would she have to but we would also have to bring um, and, and find a way to find a miracle in all of this mess. So for three months, she fought um, lung collapses. Uh, she had three mm. lung collapses, chest tubes, wow. sepsis, 10 blood transfusions. Mm. Um, we went through it. It wasn't as, as bad of a NICU journey as predicted. Um, they did tell us she could be blind, deaf, cerebral palsy, expect autism, expect the worst that she may not survive her honeymoon period, which is the first 48 hours. So we literally did not know what to expect. Right. Um, by the grace of God, she left after three months. She came home to us seemingly healthy. And um, it was at her first cold that we realized, okay, maybe she's not so healthy. She mm. ended up pick you. And um, it became this, this really open and honest journey of me just sharing. I started my Instagram to share with my family members who don't live here. Her gotcha. NICU journey. Mm -hmm. I got sick of having to approve the private request. So I just made it a public page. <laughs> and before saying. I realized it, 40 family members became 1,500 followers. Wow. That became 2,000 followers. And wow. before I knew it, the numbers kept doubling of all of these NICU parents looking for someone else's story, looking for a victory like I was looking for a victory. Absolutely. Is my baby going to make it? What is life after NICU? So it started really informally. Um, as I shared, my husband is a, um, he's a musician, he's a singer, I'm a singer, and there is a song, um, and it's a hallelujah chorus, and there's a line, and he shall reign. Reign, absolutely. absolutely. So, absolutely. that's the play on our Instagram name. I love and it. He shall reign. So that began the journey with that page and connected me to so many amazing parents all around the world, connected with March of Dimes. Uh, we did commercials and print ads for them, um, which was amazing to be able to do. But I knew I, I, there was something more I needed to do. I got involved with the Preeclampsia Foundation, and that's when I learned the connection between lupus and preeclampsia, uh, a huge connection that I, I really hadn't even fathomed at that point. Right. But I knew didn't I even realize it, right, until you started working for other people. Mm -hmm. I realized, wow, there were a lot of lupus moms who are having preeclampsia. Not all of them happen as early as mine did, but so many of them are, you know, going through preeclampsia. May, oddly, is lupus and preeclampsia awareness month. Oh, okay, so okay. It's, it's been a busy month for me. Yeah, but, I bet. Um, <laughs> sharing and, you know, sharing my story about both of those, but um, during the pandemic, shortly before the pandemic, I knew I wanted to start a website. I knew I wanted to start a blog. I was just going to name it AnnsheeShellRain.com. Right. And I launched it. <clears throat> My daughter turned two. And, you know, we put her pictures up. And it was just a way to tell our story. I didn't think much else of it. And then the pandemic hit. And I had all of these premium mom friends that I made who were now home, terrified 
with their medically fragile children. Uh, we knew what it was to isolate before it was cool. Uh, right. We have micropremies, they tell you to keep them home, fall, right. winter. So we knew all of these precautions and things that people are doing now, we've been doing right. it since birth, but they were all terrified. There was this bug we knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. And I started hosting like game nights, Friday game nights. I would take my own money, buy Visa gift cards or right. Right. Um, books or whatever. And we would just come together on Zoom. We would play games. Um, just something to kind of lighten the load to give them something to do. I started sending out gift boxes and things like that. And it built this village. It built this tribe of women. Then I learned about the uh, Clubhouse app. So I said, let me take the Clubhouse. Yeah. It'll take the pressure off. We can all talk. They don't have to be on video. Video, right. They can look a hot mess if they want to. And so can right. I. Uh, with our mom buns and our dirty t-shirts. And we can just talk. Right, and right. And a room with five women has grown to a club of over 286 miles. Amazing. Of the premature, the disabled, and the right. medically complex. And when I realized how big this was becoming, I realized I got to put a stamp on this. So I incorporated Miracle Mamas LLC. And um, it has grown beyond my wildest dreams. I just incorporated in August and um, we've been blessed to give meal assistance and copay assistance, transportation assistance, host these game nights. We have midweek check-ins every Wednesday on Clubhouse um, where we come in and just talk. We share about different topics, autism and um, how to keep your little ones safe with all the bugs that are going on. So it's been amazing. Um, but if I'm honest, it has taken me away from sharing my story of dealing with lupus oh, absolutely. and prematurity and all of that. So this literally is my first time on camera. I've done a million interviews, TV <laughs> networks, you name it, right, talking right. about, you know, black maternal right. health and, right. you know, near death birth experience, all of that. I've never talked about having lupus. So well, I'm excited that you're here then, because mm -hmm. you know what, telling out, I think we get so caught up in helping everyone else that we forget. We have a story too. Yeah. And that story needs to be told not only for others, but it also needs to be told for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And you have, you have you, I mean, you have been through the gamut. Yeah. You have yeah. been from, from hell and back, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And even to the point where you felt like it was the end, but no, it's not. You're here today. It was the very part. beginning. I had my own exactly. plan. I just got exactly. my degree um, in clinical psychology and thought I was getting ready to go one path. And God was like, mm -mm, girl, mm -hmm, girl, you are and not flipped that thing completely. <laughs> and I'm still getting to use it, you know, helping, helping moms and, you know, going through postpartum and all of that. But um, it's been the most beautiful interruption to my yeah, life. I'll put Absolutely. A, be a beautiful interruption that has projected you to help so many people. Yeah. And now you're able to just start to focus on things for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and the time that you have to share with other people. Absolutely. So let's get back to that lupus journey a little bit. I see your husband said, absolutely. These stories need to be heard. It provides so much hope for so many others we may never meet. That is the sure enough truth. Ryan, it is because yeah. what I have found, and the reason why that I, I started doing these stories was because of the pandemic. We usually just do the stories in print, 
Mm. And because of the pandemic, I was like, it would be great for people to be able to share their stories live. Yeah. And heal a little bit and have some support from other lupus warriors that might need to hear your story. Mm-hmm. There's a woman out there that might have the same issues that you have had and you have just given her hope. Definitely. Definitely. I give her some so. hope. Yes. I, I, I believe it to be true. I really do. I'm looking at my notes. I just want to make sure that I'm asking the questions that I told you I was going to ask because I can go over on no, different. It's questions. okay. Listen, I believe that whoever needs to hear this is here to hear Absolutely. it and Absolutely. whatever needs to come out will come out to help them. Absolutely. So now you said when you first found out that you had lupus, you were 26 years old. <clears throat> at that early age, it's not really early, but it is early. At that early age, how did you begin to explain to people, look, I have this disease that nobody really knows about? Did you think it, did you know anything about lupus? I mean, how did you really start to tell people about what lupus was? I did it. Mm. I did it. I did people knew that I had this issue or that issue but I didn't tell them um I think I I came to like my pastor at the time and told her Mm -hmm. so that she would understand this is not just me you know not wanting to be here or staying home because I just don't feel like coming to church no this is what's happening um and it took my immune system essentially collapsing Mm -hmm. um I was I was impatient for about seven or eight days, um, mm-hmm. complete total isolation. Um, they, they had to mask up to come see me. The nurses, you know, took really great precautions because literally my immune system tanked. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God that's never happened again. But, um, you know, it took that for, I think, everyone to realize, okay, there's really something to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but outside of that, I don't even think I told my parents for another wow. few years. Um, I just didn't feel like I wanted to burden other people with something that I myself didn't fully understand. Um, I didn't feel like it was necessary. You know, we had other things going on. Um, there were a lot of transitions in my family. I just didn't really find it necessary, but my daughter's birth essentially helped me to, to open and kick that door down and say, okay, Here's what's going on. I'm not just dealing with having a preemie. This is why it happened. Here's where I am. You know, I I am overloaded. I am overwhelmed. Here's where I am. Um, And by the grace of God, my my health is, I've not been admitted, um, except for once since I've had my daughter. Whereas I was getting admitted, seemed like every other month um, prior to. So, I mean, that's been great. But opening that door and sharing was hard. Yeah, Um, and and, and a lot of people are saying that in the in the chat room over here, IG that you know that's a I don't know if it's so much everything is is a denial kind of sort of Mm -hmm. you know I I know that I have it but everybody else doesn't need to know you know and you know they're saying you know she was definitely in denial at first as many of us are but you said something about being overwhelmed and I want to hit that because I saw uh, a little message here on my on my Instagram page that I wanted to address a little bit. And she said, this is Ruthie, and she has another question that I'll ask a little bit later. And she says, sometimes she feels like giving up. And I know when you're feeling overwhelmed, you can really feel like, I, I just want to give up. What would you say to her, you know, to, to just uplift her a little bit? Because I know you've been there. Most of us oh, yeah. have been there. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But what would you say to her to, to just uplift her a little bit and, and let her know that it's okay. It's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to be okay. One of the things that I've learned on this journey is that we are sometimes the only Bible inspirational book, whatever you want to call it, that people will ever read. And if you prematurely stop your story, they won't ever be able to get to the nuggets to help them. I believe everything we go through is for a greater purpose. It's not just for us. It's for others. None of our pain is wasted. I don't believe God wastes any pain. He doesn't waste any experience. And it is to help others, often to spare others, so they can learn from our wisdom. Um, But how selfish would it be for you to rob the world, your family, your Your friends, of the amazing uh, bright light and joy that you are, to rob them of witnessing the victories of your life? And I like to tell people all the time, you know, you you feel like you want to give up, but you have made it 100% of the time that you thought you could not. Yeah. So it's no use in giving up now. Yeah. You're here today, right? You have survived 100% of your yesterdays. You might as well keep going. Keep going to see... Uh, there is, and I'm sorry, I don't, I know everyone is not religious. It's just a foundation of who I am. Um, you know, we, we talk about, um, living to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means I don't have to die to experience some peace or hope. I can have it right here, right now. Um, you know, the, the Lord's prayer is something that we often say, you know, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Well, if I believe there's peace there, why can't I have it here? Absolutely. If I believe that there's healing there, why can't I experience that here? Hey, now, come on with it, so girl. If your, um, if your physical condition, if your mental condition, if um, carrying and juggling all the things that we women tend to juggle becomes too heavy, I encourage you to take it off. And how do we take it off? Well, he said, cast your cares on me. So that I can care for you. He will literally not just care about us, but he will literally care for us. He will carry the burden. So I encourage you to find um, space and meditation. Cut off the toxicity and the negativity. We love to hold on to things because we feel like, well, if I don't save them, no one can. Tell you a secret. We can't save them either. Right. Right. That's not our job to do it. It's not our job. Um, And we can't kill ourselves trying to save everyone else. You got to know your limits. You got to know when enough is enough and when to take time for you. As I tell you this, I am literally walking this out in my own life. I've been preaching it forever, but I'm literally just learning how to do what feels good to me, to listen to my body, to listen to my spirit, to know when I am burning out. There's no prize for burn. I tell my moms this all the time. There's no prize for being the most tired, the most burned out. There's no prize but sickness. Um, on extra medication those are the prizes that you win for doing that Um, so know you, know your limits know when to take a moment do what brings you joy every day you should take at least 30 minutes a day at minimum doing something that brings you joy for me, it's staying up after my family goes to bed and watching crime documentaries (laughs) right, right Drink a glass of wine if I feel like right, it. Exactly. You know, something, reading, writing, whatever, uh, fixing iced coffee. I have an iced coffee addiction now. Um, whatever it is, 
doing that thing that brings you joy you deserve to smile from your heart and not think just do something mindlessly amazing for at least 30 minutes a day and i love that i love that you said you you deserve to smile from your heart yeah you know because sometimes we're smiling but we are so hurt inside and once we begin that self-love trek and learn how to do for ourselves it makes so much of a difference and Ruthie says thank you she's only 21 years old and she's trying to be strong Ruthie you got this girl Yes, you do. Gotcha. Please reach out to me. I would love to connect. Yes, you. yes. We're gonna stop. We're gonna drop all your information down and all of our social medias and everything for everyone to get in touch with you. I think we all need that someone that can tell us, "Look, girl, you got it. Yeah, you got it." Mm-hmm. it, it and it doesn't have to be no anybody that we know. Most of the time, we are going to get a nugget from someone we don't even know. Listen, I have received. Some of the most thoughtful gifts. Um, I received some of the most um, caring phone calls, text messages from people I've never met. Some of my inner circle are moms on Instagram and Clubhouse I've never laid eyes on. (laughs) So never met them. Never, never really even talked to them one on one. But you have a connection. That gives you the strength to carry on. Yeah. And it's, family it's, is what you make it. It is what it is what you make. You get to choose. You don't get to choose the one you're born into, absolutely. but you do get to build your own. Absolutely, absolutely. And that and that friend that that helps you beyond what anybody else can help you. It can just be sitting there, just being there with you. And oh it yeah. Makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. Latina Lupus Warrior on Instagram says, "You are doing the best you can right now." I think she's talking to Ruthie. You will learn that you have a strength within you that you had no idea was in you. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to read the different um, comments and stuff from both areas because some people just are so loving and supporting and that makes a difference in every lupus warrior's life, don't you think? Absolutely. 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 We all need that push. Absolutely. Um, and it helps sometimes when people are not... Um, I don't want to say biased, but I would say biased. Oh, yeah, um, they your yep. story. They don't know what you have going on. They just know you're a beautiful person. I just want to push you. People right. in your life have expectation. Right. Oh, you're a mom. You're a wife. You got to keep going. Yeah. People who don't know you just know, girl, get up. Yeah, I've get been there. Up. You can get up too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Carmen says she she needs this terribly. She's glad she tuned in. I'm glad you tuned in too, Carmen. Yes, Carmen. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I appreciate everybody that's tuning in. It's it's, it's such an important uh, an important thing to hear stories. I keep saying it because it's just true. Yeah. It just really is true. I'm going to get on to my next question. I know that your husband is obviously a big support system to you. What other support do you have besides, you know, your family and your friends? Is there any other support systems that you have? My The community that I've built, the Miracle Mamas, are everything um some of them they have learned me so well that (laughs) if they don't hear from me for a day or two because i'm the one i'm the one that checks on everybody so if they don't hear from me everybody's like "Mm -mm, something right (laughs) uh and a lot of them have gone on to like befriend my husband quietly just to kind (laughs) of what's going on with her Um, so, you know, they have, they've been an amazing tribe just as I send them DoorDash cards and, you know, they're going through a hard time. I'll send flowers or whatever. 
they've done the same for me. So the Miracle Mamas by far have been an amazing. I'm here trying to carry them through motherhood and they don't even know sometimes they've literally carried me um, through various situations. So yeah, outside of, you know, my husband who is my absolute rock, um, you know, my daughter, she's four, she doesn't realize it, but she's been a rock just watching her survive, but she survived. Um, it's a motivation. My family worry yourself. <laughs> um, but the the miracle mamas are definitely that. Awesome. Um, I've met some amazing people on Instagram, um, and Clubhouse. I have a group of friends. I just met two of them this weekend in Orlando. We never lay eyes on each other, but we talk awesome. every single night. I love it. For like the last love year, it. I love uh, it. We've all chatted and talked, and I got to meet them and introduce them to my family this weekend, which was amazing. So I've I've really been blessed in that regard. And, you know, social media, sometimes I think we complain about social media, but, you know, it's been a lifesaver for many. Mm -hmm. Especially in this pandemic, especially in this pandemic. Community is so necessary. And in a time where we couldn't gather, you know, we found community and, you know, the tools that were out there. So social media can, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. I'll say that. Yeah, absolutely. So now what do you do to, to, and this has been a question in the the chat room as well. What do you do to cope with the pain? What do you do with cope with joint pain if you have it? How do you, how do you cope with all that? Can you give us some advice about that? Sure. So I have had to come to this realization in the last, excuse me, few years that I'm not a superhero. (laughs) Say it again, girl, for the people in the back. (laughs) I am not a superhero. I am made of flesh, blood, I bleed, I cry, this body breaks down. And I have to take my medicine. So to the person who does not take their medicine because they hate the effects, I feel you. But take your medicine. Until something else happens, some other new medicine comes, something else that you could try comes, take your medicine. Take your medicine. I hate prednisone with a passion blessing and a curse that stuff but i take it (laughs) it has destroyed my bones but it has kept me out of the hospital it has kept me from nephritis and recurrent pneumonia those are a lot of the things that lupus caused me to go through it has kept me home to raise my baby it put a lot of weight on me um it it caused some other things but it is definitely been and plaquenil have been the two drugs that have been my mainstays that have been super helpful. Um, so take your medicine. I also definitely um, love super hot long showers. I stopped doing baths just because my knees and hips are like my most painful area. So trying to get out of the tub is problematic. Um, yeah. But long hot showers, heating pads are great. Lidocaine patches are yes. heaven. Um, if you have prescription pain meds, take them. Um, they, they are a blessing. I know there's so much negative stigma out there, but they are meant for people like us who have right. chronic pain, right. um, who, you know, need them for our quality of life. Take them. Right. Um, is there anything else? And of course, prayer, uh, prayer, reading, writing, finding moments of peace when I'm in terrible pain has been more helpful at times than taking medicine. Um, just finding that, that mental just escape from what is going on has been super helpful yeah someone said do you focus on diet much yes so i did not in my lupus journey because i blamed and i still do 
Um, I noticed that when I started taking prednisone that first year, I gained about 80 pounds. I think we all did, baby. Yeah. My doses were up, down, up, down. I went off for a period. I got sicker. They put me back on. It, it, it just went all over the place. From the time that I got diagnosed and started taking prednisone to September of last year, I gained about 100 pounds. And my weight went up, down, up, down, up, down. Actually, a little more than 100 pounds. Um, I took control of that um, this past September by getting a gastric sleeve. So okay. I'm being transparent because my journey with diet is very different. I can't tell you some magical diet that's going to help. I can only tell you what I did. Um, so, you know, I have obviously caloric restriction since September, eight months ago, I've lost 83 pounds, which has been amazing. Wow. Um, but I have looked into um, some of the like inflammation diets and things like that. I have some lupus friends who have gone vegan and found relief. I just think whatever works for you, this whole thing is trial and error, I feel like. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you have to find what works for you. Some people cut out dairy and, right. you know, see less inflammation. So there are a lot of diets out there. Try it. See see what works for you. Give it, give it two weeks. If you see a difference, go with it. And if not, then... You know there's something different you could do but definitely try to eat balanced for sure Absolutely. Um, we can't prednisone is a sugar it craves sugar uh, <laughs> it craves carbonation it, it, it craves that um, I turned into a cookie monster literally literally right <laughs> literally um, so getting some self-control and realizing okay I can't this is not healthy um, cutting back all things in moderation even on this journey I'm on now all things in moderation I think is the key to just finding balance. That's how a lot of people try and keep a journal, a food journal. I, I mm. always keep a lot of different journals because I want to see how things affect my body. Yeah. And keeping a food journal can tell you what foods affect your body and Absolutely. what foods are good for you. Mm -hmm. And that can give you your specific diet that you need because we know that lupus is the same disease manifested totally different in everybody's body yeah. totally different so what might work for ebony or my you know something that might work for raquel it might not work for ruthie or someone else so i always tell people always keep a mood journal and a food journal so that you know where your stress is coming from mm -hmm. and how to fix any type of eating habits that you might have that are causing inflammation but There's like you said um i'm sorry go ahead no, you got it. So for the food journal part, there's something mm -hmm. I started doing as I was getting ready to go into um, the gastric surgery. There's an app called My Fitness Pal. Yes. And there's another one called um, Berry-tastic. I use them both. And it's so easy. It helps me keep track of what I'm eating in the day. You can scan the code. You know, there's a code on practically everything that we eat. It brings up the nutrition facts. You pick your servings and literally I can look through see how you know my protein my cholesterol my fat all that stuff for the day and i can see oh this is where i went left this is whatever there's room for notes so if you're a person who doesn't think you're going to remember to write you may not remember to write but you'll remember to scan i mean there's literally a code on everything you take that <laughs> phone you scan it you make sure right. your service size is right and going about your business and it's yeah. so easy so yeah. so easy so just you know keep track of what you're doing and they often ask you those apps especially berry tastic 
um, and fit my fitness pal will ask you what your goals are. Are you looking to lose weight? Oh, here's what you should do. Right, right, so, right. They're very helpful. Very helpful. Everything, everything. That's very good information. Barry Tassett, B E R R Y. Um, Barry, like bariatric. Okay. Oh, okay. I got you. Bariatric. Okay, I'll put that in the chat a little bit later. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And we're coming. You know, we're starting to wind down a little bit. Um, what have you learned? about yourself on your lupus journey? Mm. That's always a hard question for people. It is. So <laughs> I have learned that I am not superhuman. I, I prided myself on this incredible strength. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been through so much. I can handle it. I can take it. Lupus has a way of gut punching you. Yes. Um, it will keep you in the shin. It will find the weakest <laughs> spot that you are not covering right. and show you how strong you really are not. Right. Um, so I've learned that I'm not superhuman, that I have to take care of myself, that I have to do my best to do um, what feels good to my body, listen to what my body is requiring. I've also learned that I am not as patient mm. with myself and others as I thought I was. Um, that that has definitely um, come to the forefront. Mm. I am so hard on myself. Right, right. And it's caused me to be hard on others. Of course. Thank God for my husband helping me to realize that as well. I feel like, oh, well, I had a C-section. I got right back up and I went to the NICU. They you should, should be able to. Do <laughs> you had to. You were in right. fight mode. You were in survival right. mode. right. But they should be able to stay home for six weeks and chill and do nothing. Right. And you, you know, so I had okay. yeah. expectations of everyone because of my experience. So yeah. I've learned to be more patient and understanding and give um oof. give yourself I some give grace. The grace. Yeah. Yeah. That I didn't get. I'll put it that way. I, I and everything I do now, I try to be the answers that I didn't have when I needed them the most. Absolutely. That's what motivates me to do everything I do now. Yeah, and you have to, you know, I, I feel like when we we get diagnosed with lupus, we have to relearn ourselves. Oh yeah, we have to learn how to speak to ourselves a little better, be kinder to ourselves, have a little bit more compassion, and once we start doing that with ourselves, like you stated it's much easier to be that way with someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell, I tell my son all the time, you know what? Treat people the way you want to be treated, but treat yourself like you want people to treat you. Mm -hmm. You know, you always want people to be kind and compassionate to you. So do that for yourself first before mm -hmm. you even think about going to someone else. Yeah. You know, you have to teach people how to love you. You have to teach Absolutely. people how to treat you. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And and you have to reteach them once they find out you have lupus because so many people can really judge you. Did yeah. you ever experience that? Did you ever experience and, and feel like somebody was judging you because you told them that you had lupus? Oh, yeah, not because I told them I had lupus per se, but because I was going through medical issues, it was like a... Does she just want attention? Does she just want to be the center of attention right now? Right. Does she right. just right. not want to go? Is that what this is? And I'm like, I wish I had the quality of life that I see my other, at that time, I saw my other peers having. 
I'm running circles around some of my 35 year old friends, but the 26 year old me, I was watching everybody living, living life and going and not there. I was tired on the couch, exhausted, you know? So I got a lot of judgment for that, but they didn't realize like, I want to be you. I wish I could go run the streets all night, but I can't. <laughs> and then, you know, and that was a blessing in itself because, you know, the street ain't always the best place for you to oh, be. No, not at all. You know? Um, the best question that we have to come for you about. Mm, that's interesting. Swati on Instagram said the best question we have become warriors, not a worried person anymore. Hmm. Interesting. That's an interesting statement. So instead of being a worry wor warrior, now we've become warriors. But I sometimes feel that those two are kind of a little muddled. Because I do worry sometimes. I mean, I'll just say I can I can attest <laughs> that I'm not a warrier. Right. I, that would just be right. that would be false. Um, I yeah. definitely worry. Um, yeah. Not about me and lupus per se, but in other areas of my life for sure. Yeah, you know, and it, and it's it's important. I, I like to say lupus warriors, but you know what? It's the the reality is sometimes we don't feel like the warrior that we present to others. And we have to recognize that and we have to say to ourselves, okay, this is the time that I have to step back and do for me and take time to stop. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, Deborah says she's learning so much. She was diagnosed eight years ago and she's now 70. Wow, Deborah. Mm. Wow. I'm so glad you're with us though. I'm so glad that everybody's tuning into this story and I'm, I'm happy that Ebony was so inviting to come and tell her story it's so important it's so important because yeah. you just never know who is out there that is going to relate to you in your story and we're starting to wind down now we're coming down to our last couple of questions so i love to ask this question to everybody that i speak to and that is what is your fight song okay this is the question i was stressing over <laughs> um like moments before i was like oh my god i I don't know. Like I was literally going through my phone. I was like, I don't know. Do I have a mind you, I'm a musical person. I sing all day. Right, right. Do I have a fight song? And it dawned on me. Uh-huh. There's a song by an artist called Brian Courtney Wilson. Okay. And the song is called Worth Fighting For. Mm. Wow. And it talks about how your family, your future. Um, all the things that you want to do, all your aspirations are worth you fighting through. Mm. Um, not just physically, but even in those moments as we talk to Ruthie, you know, wanting to give up and um, the things that we're dealing with in our society. And, right. you know, sometimes it just makes you just want to throw your hands up like, whatever, I'm going to just be in my own world. But no, we, we have to be active participants in our own victories and our victories are worth fighting for. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. See, you thought it was going to be hard, but then you realize, hey, I know what it is. I just got to mindfully find it. <laughs> it's only my most listened to song in my right. phone right now. <laughs> so once I went through my library, I was like, duh, girl. There right, right. Where's my for? Right. So, and you said your Bible verse was 2 Timothy. 2 and 12. 2 and 12. Yeah, I'm, I'm if putting we it in suffer it with them, we will reign with them. Yeah, it's so it's it's so much, and it, it doesn't matter matter whether you are spiritual or you're religious or whatever the case may be. We all know that we are not kept here 
by ourselves. You know, we are not kept here by our own volition and everything like that. There is something greater than us that keeps yeah. us here in our physical form or what I what I call our earth suit. Mm-hmm. But whether you're religious or spiritual, there's always something bigger than you that's yeah. helping you along the way. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, by no goodness of my own, am I sitting here? Um, definitely. I am a recipient of the maximum amount of grace possible. Um, it is the only reason why I can even share this. I'm even still alive to share this. So I, my next breath is dependent upon a higher power. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. And our last question, because I don't want to keep you too long. I know you said your daughter comes home very soon from school. So I want you to be yeah, about to, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to be able to be fresh and ready and have some time to yourself before she gets home. What three pieces of advice do you have for lupus warriors today? So um, I said this earlier and I reiterate because I know a lot of us are stubborn and uh, feeling like we are not in control can make a lot of us stubborn. We, you know, overly control the things we can't control. Take your medicine okay i do believe in supernatural healing i absolutely do but god gave us doctors for a reason and i just think we would do ourselves a disservice if we only take the pieces from them that we want we'll trust the diagnosis but we won't trust the treatment so there are times when you may have to advocate for yourself when you feel like something is not right um and that's going to be my second point to always advocate for yourself but follow the treatment plan number two advocate for yourself um if something is not right if you feel like something is not right for you speak up speak up yes they have a degree but they are practicing medicine you know your body you know what you're experiencing better than anyone so speak up and advocate for yourself Mm. and my third piece of advice above any pill you can take um, above any surgery that can bring you you know relief I would say above all the key to I feel finding peace in this journey with lupus is realizing that your pain is not wasted none of what you're going through is wasted if i would not have gone through what i would have been through we wouldn't be sitting here talking about this we'd be talking about hair or makeup or something um but the pain of lupus the pain of loss the pain of preeclampsia or prematurity or the many causes that i advocate for it is all drawn out of pain pain is not wasted don't allow your experience and all the experiences that you have gone through don't let that wisdom die with you i tell people all the time i want to die empty i want to go to the grave completely empty of everything that i had to give the wisdom of my experiences the love i have to give uh, the joy that i can give to others through you know acts of service or kind words whatever it may be 
I want to be empty. I want to go to bed every night empty, knowing right. that I did everything I was supposed to do. And my pain is wasted if I don't take what I've learned out mm-hmm. of my experiences and help someone else navigate those waters, even if I almost drowned in them. Right. I'm, who more suited to help you than the person who almost drowned? So your pain is not wasted. Don't you waste it keeping your mouth shut. Don't you waste it keeping your mouth shut. That is one word right there. That is, I mean, if you didn't hear nothing else, you better hear that. You better hear that. Lesson learned the hard way. Yeah. You know, what what your mama used to say, a hard head make a soft behind. So Mm -hmm. you might as well speak up. Worst that can happen is that they don't like what you say, but that's all right. And who knows, it may, it may, how many times have my parents told us something and in the time it didn't seem applicable, but 10 to 15 years later, 30 years later, you're like, oh, that's why they said it. I get it. I get it. You know, it's just like when we were understand it better by and by, that's what that means. As time goes on, you will definitely understand it. As life goes on, some of those nuggets of wisdom, they, they sit and they hide, but when it, when it's time. It'll come to fruition. Roots grow from the ground up. You may not see the tree, but the roots are growing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plant so seeds. All you can do is plant the seeds. Yep. Plant seed and wait for the reap for the soul, right? Yep. Um, this is the last uh, response I'm going to read, guys, because we're coming up on time. This really gives me motivation. This is from Swati. This really gives me motivation. Thank you for the session and give a feeling that you are not alone in this. You're not. Mm, you're absolutely not alone absolutely not alone Mm -hmm. give us all of your information what's your website so my website is called miraclemamas.org miraclemamas.org you can find um, a blog there not just my stories but stories of other amazing preemie parents parents of children with autism you can find resources on how to help medical parents people in the NICU um, there's a resource hub there um, where you can find information on just about anything you can also find my merch there um, I have a company called Miracle Mama Merch um, you can get um, all kinds of inspirational teas for your preemies um, your moms your dads there's something for everybody cups okay. bags journals you name it it is there um, you can also follow me on Instagram at and she shall reign. Um, I also have an Instagram for my nonprofit, and that is Miracle Mamas LLC. At Miracle Mamas LLC, you can follow me on both of those to keep up with whatever um, I am doing. Those are the best ways to get in contact with me. My Facebook, I'm not super active on Facebook, <laughs> um, but Instagram definitely. You can follow me on Clubhouse. Um, my name is Ebony Ford. You can find my club. Um, Amer- the Miracle Mamas Club, just type in Miracle Mamas, or if you type in prematurity, we are the number one prematurity club on Club. Yes, I love it. That's and right. We will pop right up. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your heart, for being so transparent, and for allowing us to hear your story. I really appreciate it. I really, really do. Because some people just don't want to do that. And I find it amazing when people are able and willing to do that for us. So thank you so much. Do you have anything, any last minute things that you want to tell us? Well, to you, I definitely want to say thank you for um, this amazing platform that you've built. Um, It is only my hope that what I'm doing with Miracle Mamas would touch as many um, as Lupus and Color. I've been following for quite some time. Oh, thank Um, you. Watching, I've been on the website, I've been reading probably for about two years now. 
um, just kind of wow. following and watching. And um, I've enjoyed the stories. I've enjoyed everything I've I've heard. The amazing information I'm always sharing, you know, oh, memes you. and posts that you create. So um, <laughs> it is almost a um, a wish or a dream come true to be sitting here and sharing with you. So I definitely appreciate you allowing me to do that. Thank you. And um, to all the lupus warriors, I just encourage you to share your story, um, be someone else's roadmap, help them as much as you can. We all know what it feels like that moment when you get the diagnosis and you're like, what now? Well, you can be somebody else's what now. You can show them what to do, how to go, where to move, and to share your knowledge. I believe that we're all here um, sharing this diagnosis for a reason. It's an amazing community, and um, I hope that we can all continue to grow together and help one another and um, be of support. And I'm always here. If you know my platform is anything I can do, um, I would love to be of support. I will be around. I'll still keep um, sharing and supporting. Um, I will still be rooting. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to tap into you, and 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 I love what you're doing. I I love your spirit. I love your motivation and I love your positiveness. Even though you've been through so much, it's such an enduring spirit that you have to invite people to speak to you and to just really enjoy being in your presence. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We've come up on our time and I'm going to let you go. Give that beautiful rain a hug for me and tell your husband, thank you so much for tuning in. I so appreciate you. I will. Enjoy your day. Thank you. You too. Awesome. 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 I love it. I love it. I love it. What an awesome story. If you did not get the whole story, please take a moment to rewind this. Do they say rewind anymore? I don't think they do, but make sure that you take the time to rewind this and really listen to her story. What a positive and amazing woman she is. So I want to thank you all for tuning in all month for all of our Lupus Warrior stories that was our last live story for the month. If you would like to tell your story, come on and reach out to us and we will set you up for another day and we can share your story as well. So thank you so much for tuning in to In The Loop, Lupus Live. We so appreciate your support and hope that something that someone said here is helpful to you or the person that supports you. Thank you so much, guys. You all have a great day. Bye-bye.